Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like, and share it, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 12.38 p.m. East Coast time, Tuesday, October 15th. This is my third attempt to get this video up. First time, I accidentally streamed the damn thing. Second time, I tried to use the stream to go back up, and it ended up being too blurry to see. So this is the third time. So welcome to the people listening on the audio experience. What's going on? Hope you're enjoying your day. To the people here on YouTube, how you doing? Uh, We're going to break down this Thursday night showdown slate. Hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line once again. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, and we have the Denver Broncos. Interesting game. Uh, There's some players that I think are mispriced, whether they're too expensive or too low. I think there's some interesting game strategy. Kind of similar to what we saw on Monday Night Football, having some really expensive players from the same team and how to deal with that. I personally just faded Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers. I personally do not want to do that same thing here. So let's get into it. Before we do, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, help me out. The channel is growing. We're approaching 12,500 subscribers now. We're growing at almost the pace of 1,000 subscribers per week. That is insane. So thank you all so much. I really appreciate this. This is the best job I can ever have and the best job and the only job I really want to ever do. So I appreciate it. NBA content will start in November. I've had some questions about that. Yes, I will be doing NBA content starting in November. You can catch me every Monday on the Pat Mayo Experience, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 11 a.m. on the Awesome YouTube channel show for the NFL season. And also next Wednesday, I'll be starting on Wednesday mornings also on the Awesome channel. Uh, So yeah, we'll be everywhere. We'll be everywhere, gang. So thank you all for the support. I have exclusive content over on Patreon. You can follow me on Twitter at SalvageDFS. That content over on Patreon, go down below, check it out. We just gave away yesterday a lifetime subscription um, to one of the Patreons. So very, very cool. Um, hopefully, well, hopefully we hear back from the person in in the messages that I sent. And then if not, well, somebody else is going to have a shot at it. So I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Really enjoy it. If you want to have any questions of what's in that content, link down below. You can click on it. It's, it maps everything out for you. There's a video. There's a whole description about what's in it. So check that out if you have any interest. Really appreciate it. Let's get into the slate, right? Because now it's the third time. So uh, I kind of know what I want to say. But thank you. Um, Hit the subscribe button. Here we go. So what I'll say from the high level is the only real injuries coming into this game. So you have Xavier Williams. He's done for the year. He's a defensive lineman for the Chiefs. And Chris Jones, he might play on a short week, but I doubt it. They're traveling on a short week. Doesn't seem great, but we'll see as the news comes out. No official practices yet. Reports for Tuesday. Monday reports for Monday practices are just like uh, preliminary. They don't actually practice. They just say what would have happened. So We'll see how Chris Jones goes. Andrew Wisely, an offensive lineman for the Chiefs. We'll see how he he goes. He missed last week. I don't expect him to be back either. But it seems like Sammy Watkins should shoot shoot up, shoot up, uh, suit up. Yikes. Um, seems like he'll suit up this week, but we'll see, right? We'll see. He's probably going to be limited. I don't expect him to be too healthy. It, it seems very iffy right now for Sammy Watkins. If he plays at that price tag, uh, we'll get into it, but I prefer other guys. Looking at the Denver side of the ball, it's really just Emmanuel Sanders, right? They got one of their tackles back, um, and it seems like it's just Emmanuel Sanders, who seems like he has a better chance to play than Sammy Watkins this week. Came out of that game, but they're saying that he seems okay. It's nothing serious. He should be suiting up at home on a short week against Kansas City. So that's really it. That's it for all the injuries. Maybe I missed something. I really don't think I did. Patty Mahomes is dealing with an ankle injury. It seemed to get worse last game. Seems to have been aggravated. It seems to limit his mobility. So we'll track that as the week goes on and also into Thursday night to see if we have any takeaways moving forward. So for my interests, I have 12 players in a player pool right now. And once again, I'll keep saying this. If you're playing 25 to 50 to 150 lineups, you should have more than 12. You should include the kickers. You should maybe include the defense. You should definitely have pieces of the running backs for Kansas City. I'm trying to anchor this video and this podcast towards one to three people, right? Or if you're entering one to three lineups is what I should say. 
So if that's the case, this is sort of what a player pool looks like. But again, subject to change. In my initial video, I did not have anything for Jamal Williams uh, in terms of he was a no. By this live stream, he was a yes. And if you had the Patreon tiers, he was ranked as like a top four, or top five option for me. Uh, one of the higher players in, I think, tier two it was. Um, somewhere around there. Maybe it was tier three, but he was high up in there. And I ended up getting to some captain lineups and having my best showdown day ever on Monday really helped me. Uh, ended up having a profit between Sunday and Monday because of that showdown slate alone. So with that being said, this slate, some things seem similar. Players are underpriced. Uh, we have not as much injury news, but we have two guys that are on the same team above $11,000. We saw this with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones in the last week. I didn't like any of them for their specific situation. This week, though, um, don't like Patrick Mahomes at 12000 I don't. Now, don't get me wrong. You can play him. You can feel fine about it. But then that's restricting you from probably getting to Tyreek Hill and or, probably definitely or, uh, Travis Kelsey. So Patrick Mahomes, if you want to get there, fine. Denver is only allowing, they're allowing the third fewest points to quarterbacks, although that's very skewed. They've played Mariota, Minshew, Carr, Trubisky, Aaron Rodgers in a game where they got out ahead early and Rodgers didn't have to throw a lot in the 20s. Uh, Philip Rivers is like the only guy who actually put up decent numbers against them. And even his numbers were very bad. Um, so yeah, right now, nobody's really doing anything against Denver. But again, they haven't faced a Patrick Mahomes. That said, though, Mahomes is 12,000 dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, now coming on the road on a short week, who knows, right? And teams seem to be figuring this def- this offense out in terms of playing more man coverage against them. We'll see though. But really for me on a showdown slate, it's it's the strategy of his price is very restrictive. He's going to be highly owned. I probably don't get there as much, but we'll see. The guy I do want to get to who's above $11,000 is Tyreek Hill excuse me, Tyree Kill is $11,200. If I play Tyree Kill, I probably can't get to Mahomes. In other words, if I play Mahomes, I probably can't get to Tyree Kill. Tyreek the Freak, primetime Hill, is a monster. Yes, please. He played 50% of the snaps last week, only ran 21 routes, finished with a stat line of five for uh, five catches, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. Expect way more snaps, expect way more routes run this week, probably above 30 routes run this week, probably closer to 70% of the snaps. And yes, Denver's defense, their secondary has been good. Chris Harris Jr., though, nobody. No matter how good Chris Harris Jr. has been this week, and the whole secondary has been only allowing two passing touchdowns all season, nobody can keep up in the entire league probably with Tyreek Hill. You could put double teams on him, but that's going to expose Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. If Sammy Watkins comes back, that'll allow Sammy Watkins to have one-on-one coverage. And that's exactly why when these guys are healthy, this offense is so dangerous. If you want to put a double team on Tyreek, well, now you're taking one-on-one coverage in the middle and the other side of the field with Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. And that usually ends bad. So teams can't put as many double teams as they want. And also Tyreek Hill, he gets pushed into the slot. He'll be used on end rounds. They get him open in creative ways. I like Tyreek Hill a lot. Travis Kelsey at 9,800. I think Travis Kelsey might be a little bit overpriced. Now he should have like three or four touchdowns. Last week should have had a touchdown. He just like tripped over his own feet, fell down, ended up dropping the ball, but it would have been a touchdown if he just catches it in stride. Um, But Kelsey, 9,800. I think it's a fair price point. I much prefer Tyreek, obviously a big price difference there, Um, but I think it's probably expensive really. I think he's $300 expensive, nothing major, but once I start building lineups, we'll see how restrictive it is. Philip Lindsay, uh, KC's run defense ranks bottom two in the league. I love Philip Lindsay this week, but the price tag is more than I thought it would be. I thought he'd come in in like the 7K range. 8,800 is so expensive for Philip Lindsay. A guy who's playing right around 50% of the snaps. Now, don't get me wrong. Philip Lindsay should be playing a lot more than 50% of the snaps. It's not even close. If you watch these games and I watch the accelerated film, Philip Lindsay on a per touch basis has just been electric, dynamite, having some of the biggest plays of his career in a short career so far, but dating back to last year, playing better than last year, and Royce Freeman still seeing majority of the touches in most weeks. Now look, Freeman is, has been okay on his touches, and maybe they're playing him more and really in a split right now because he's okay and, and he's, he's a durability issue for Lindsay carrying a heavier workload, but Lindsay's been so good. But with that said, yes, I love Lindsay so much. I'm one of the highest truthers on Philip Lindsay probably. But if he's going to play 50% of the snaps and Freeman's going to play 50% of the snaps for $2,800 less, I still have interest in Lindsay as the guy who breaks the slate really uh, due to his pass catching role and just his burst and explosiveness to really be a one game showdown slate winner, whether it's in the flex or the captain. 
But it, you can't ignore, and we'll get to Royce Freeman's price tag for almost $3,000 less. Cortland Sutton's just mispriced. Cortland Sutton is quietly having one of the best sophomore breakout years as a wide receiver that you can. Just nobody's looking at him. Nobody cares about this Joe Flacco offense and how bad the defense was at generating pressure the first three weeks. Those were the only storylines coming out about this and Emmanuel Sanders' Achilles injury, right? That's it. Cortland Sutton has been so good against very good cornerbacks too this season. He's 27th in the entire league in routes run uh, with that breaks down to his 34 per week, 204 in the season. That's good. And he's primarily going to face Brashad Breeland this week, who lines up 80% of the time on the left side of the field, and Cortland Sutton lines up 59% on the left side of the field. Rashad Breeland ranks outside the top 120 in Pro Football Focus's database for coverage cornerbacks. Cortland Sutton's in a smash spot. Nobody can guard him, and you don't even have to worry about them putting double teams on Cortland Sutton. Because if Emmanuel Sanders does indeed line up, they're not going to put one-on-one coverage and just not have a safety on Emmanuel Sanders with Charvavius Ward, I think it's pronounced, um, who Ward, for the most part, has been an average at best cornerback. You can't risk one-on-one coverage there. I don't think you see double teams for Cortland Sutton. He's way too cheap. Noah Fan at 3,400. Look, Noah Fan, he's running 25.2 routes per week and he's $3,400. The Kansas City Chiefs allow the fifth most uh, points to the tight end position at 15.8 DraftKings points per game. And Noah Fan is averaging almost a very nice 65, 68.5 snaps this season. Not even averaging, that's what he's playing. Um, so 25 routes run for a guy who's 3,500. Yes, please. Like you're going to have kickers in the same range who. We just saw Matt Prater go off as the captain somehow. He had like 20 plus fantasy points, two 50 yard field goals, I think four total field goals, whatever it was. Um, that's rarely going to happen, right? Once in every two seasons or something. Uh, but that being said, guys that are kickers who will project out more times than not for six fantasy points and a ceiling more times than not of like 12, right? Not the 21 you saw from Prater. Now you have Noah Fant running 25 routes a week. And Fant has been good. He's gotten in the end zone in bad weeks. He's still catching three balls for like 30, 40 yards. So $3,400, Noah Fant, I like a lot here. I'm in a very positive matchup. And a game script that says this team's a home underdog, which is usually good uh, in terms of your offense and for your quarterback uh, to be comfortable and play from behind at home leads to more fantasy points more times than not. I do like that. Right now, I prefer Joe Flacco over Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, not in real life. We're talking about a one-game showdown slate on DraftKings where Joe Flacco is $4,000 cheaper, allows me to get the pieces of my lineup that I like more, allows me to get to Tyreek, some of these other guys that I like, like Cortland Sutton, and still have a quarterback in my lineup, which we know more times than not, on average, four to five times a showdown slate is one with a quarterback in the lineup, if not higher, if not 85 percent of the time if not closer to 88 percent of the time so joe flacco at eight thousand dollars flat he's a home underdog when you look at correlation stats and trends home underdogs for quarterbacks especially when they're in such a good matchup against this Kansas City secondary that is rostering Kendall Fuller in the slot, Rashad Breeland on the left hash mark, uh, Trevavius Ward on the right hash mark, some of the worst cornerback play in the entire league, if not the worst, right behind or right next to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Joe Flacco is a small home underdog. The trends correlate show that quarterbacks as home underdogs uh, usually do well. They score a lot of fantasy points. And then when you factor in that they have a 20 plus in team applied total and they're going to be facing this secondary, I like Joe Flacco at 8,000. Does Joe Flacco have to get me 300 yards and three touchdowns? No. Patrick Mahomes, though, probably has to get me 350 yards and three touchdowns. And that's not even saying what else he has to do. If Patrick Mahomes goes for 22 fantasy points in this game, there's a good chance he's needed. But you probably need Joe Flacco to not score 18. If, if, if Joe Flacco scores 18 to 20 fantasy points, which I think more times, maybe not more times than not, but there's a very good chance he does in this matchup for $4,000 left, Mahomes would have for $4,000 less, Mahomes would have to go for like a 30 plus point game on the road in the short week where his offense seems to be a little bit figured out, still dealing with injuries to Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill trying to get up to his snaps and Mahomes also dealing with an injury. So I do like Joe Flacco in this matchup. Mahomes, I already talked about. Denver's defense has been very good, but it's skewed. Mahomes, the price point for me at least seems very restrictive. I 100% faded in 20 lineups Aaron Rodgers last week. I'm fine doing it again, especially now that, or, or especially now that Patrick Mahomes is even more expensive. 
Sammy Watkins is a maybe. I prefer the healthier and more impressive Cortland Sutton. I write here, and I prefer Cortland Sutton matchup much more. Uh, Sammy Watkins is going to have a more difficult matchup against Denver's secondary that right now is bottom five in terms of the fa- or the fewest fantasy points per game to the wide receiver actually position. Again, a little bit skewed based on the wide receiver cores that they're playing. Again, the Bears, just Allen Robinson and nobody else. Um, they played... Uh, they played Oakland, I think, in a week where they didn't have Tyrell yet. Or no, no, where they maybe Tyrell was injured. I, I have to go back and look at that one. But Minshew, uh, Mariota with no real wide receiver threats there. So um, some not real true number one wide receivers where you're going to get now Kelsey, pretty much a wide receiver, Hill, uh, and Watkins. But even then, Watkins, if you're telling me for $400 more, I can get Sutton, who's been more dominant, can have the better matchup. And Sutton's probably the number one or two option right there with Lindsey in the receiving game. Whereas Sammy Watkins coming into this week with Tyreek back uh, is probably going to be at least best the third option behind him and Kelsey, Hill and Kelsey. Um, Emmanuel Sanders seems to be more healthy. The price point is 6,400. I actually like that. He's likely to suit up according to Ian at Rappaport. He'll likely face um, Ward. Ward stays on the right side of the field uh, for the far majority of his snaps, and that's where Sanders lines up. At 6,400, it's a nice price tag. I'd rather try and find the money to get up to Sutton. Uh, but in that range of just like Emmanuel Sanders, and then you have all these Chiefs running backs and Demarcus Robinson, I do prefer Emmanuel Sanders. Broncos defense at home as underdogs. I don't love it. Um, but we've been seeing this Chiefs, they have flaws. But the concern now is Tyreek Hill's back, the offense is healthier. Those flaws probably more times than not just evaporate with Tyreek Hill able to stretch the field, open up more for Travis Kelsey in the middle, so on and so forth. Now you can get these running backs coming out of the backfield um, in more open space. So I don't know if I really liked the Broncos defense. I much prefer Noah Font for $400 more, but I want to look into them more. They're interesting. Daryl Williams, it's a three-headed backfield. Every single week, the snap counts are different. Last week, you see, or two weeks ago, you see 20% of the snaps for LeSean McCoy. This past week, he leads the backfield, but only plays 50% of the snaps. So it's a true three-headed backfield. I don't have interest if I'm building just a few lineups in Damian Williams or LeSean McCoy at their price points, but I would for Daryl Williams, active in the receiving game, probably plays 25% of the snaps at least in this game based on what we've been seeing this season, upside to play like 30 or 40%, depending on um, where they go in this game if some injuries occur because Williams and McCoy have been battling injury. But Daryl Williams, not a guy I'm prioritizing. Again, I prefer Noah Font, but $2,000, it's interesting that he's that cheap uh, for a guy who is fantasy point per game wise, averaging a little bit more than a fantasy point more than Noah Font, who's $1,400 more um, and averaging very similar points to the Broncos defense who are $1,000 more, right? He's actually been somewhat productive, albeit on like two or three long plays are really sustaining a lot of his production, uh, but something to keep an eye on in terms of uh, what these snap counts look like and maybe coming into this game you get a little of exposure if it allows you to unlock like a Tyreek Kelsey type of lineup. Royce Freeman, he's the last guy I've had an interest at $6,000. He's a maybe, but look, I don't want to play him. But when they're going, when DraftKings is going to make it this difficult, a $2,800 difference between Lindsey and Freeman, I almost have to get some interest in Freeman. Like he's going to play similar snaps to Lindsey. They both have pass catching work and he's $2,800 less. Like they both have a fantastic matchup against the Chiefs. We saw last week, Duke Johnson who's been sort of playing the Philip Lindsay role, although Lindsay began getting more touches and snaps than Duke Johnson. We saw him have success. We saw Carlos Hyde have a ton of success on the ground, which kind of fits more of the mold of Royce Freeman, although Freeman has a little bit more pass-catching work involvement than Carlos Hyde. So I really like Freeman. I like Lindsay. I think you could see both of them in the winning lineup. When it comes down to it, Freeman might become a yes, and Lindsay might become more of a maybe for me, only due to price. I love Philip Lindsay, but the price is really restrictive when he's $2,800 more than a guy who's going to see a very similar role to him on his team in Royce Freeman. It actually reminds me of Aaron Jones, although Aaron Jones was $6,000 more expensive than Jamal Williams. And I said, I'm going to have zero Aaron Jones and I'm going to have 55% Jamal Williams in these 20 lineups that I make for the showdown. And it ended up working out. This time, it's not as egregious of a price difference, but $3,000 or so is, is still a pretty decent gap. Demarcus Robinson, if indeed Sammy Watkins comes back, I have no interest. He'll, he'll drop to number four on the totem pole at best, probably number five with some of the running backs having a higher um, interest in the passing game from Patty Mahomes and Andy Reid's offensive scheme. 
both running backs at 66 and 6,200 from McCoy and Williams. It's just a toss-up. Like, who plays the 40% of the snaps this week, right? It's a three-headed monster truly back there. They both have catching upside. Damian Williams is a better pass catcher at this point in his career, but they're both getting work there. It's just gross. Damian Williams won carry last week. The week before, McCoy only sees 20% of the snaps. I don't know what to think of it. And this Denver defense, in my opinion, has been very good on the ground. You saw Leonard Fournette go for 225 yards when they didn't have Derek Wolf in the game and Bradley Chubb got hurt. Since then, and with Derek Wolf healthy in every single other game, nobody's done anything against them on the ground. Derek Henry averaged like one and a half yards per carry last week. They held uh, Aaron Jones to a very minor game outside of two one-yard rushing touchdowns, but nothing in terms of yards per carry. They've given up nothing higher than 3.7 yards per carry outside of Leonard Fournette's just monster game, right? Again, they had injuries to their defensive line, key pieces of it. So no real interest in the running backs there. McCole Hardman, if indeed you see Sammy Watkins back, he'll probably move into the slot a lot um, with Robinson on the outside on some snaps and then Hill on the outside. Uh, and then Robinson's just going to drop to a, a very low usage slot guy. Same thing for Byron Pringle, no real interest. Deshaun Hamilton, I like the matchup against Kendall Fuller in the slot. The price point's just too much. 4,800 for Hamilton, who is averaging 0.69, a very nice 0.69 yards per route run through six weeks. That's very bad. And he's running 25 routes per week. 25 routes per week is the exact same, no offense, slightly more actually, 25.2. There you go, the 0.2 on that. But uh, the exact same production is no offense in terms of routes run per game. Um, and no offense, cheaper by 1400 So give me no offense there, a guy who's coming out of the slot slash on the line as a tight end, similar role as Deshaun Hamilton on this team. There's Hamilton has not been able to get open. Even in a good matchup, I think he's too expensive. The kickers, I have the same statement. So for those listening on the podcast and that can't read this, uh, kickers are fine to roster if you think they go for 10 plus or you are entering a lot of lineups. We saw last night, Matt Prater. I think I had like 33 or 30, whatever, 30 something percent, whatever, out of 20 lineups, 10, uh, 10 lineups, 33% of Matt Prater ended up being okay, ended up being in some of the optimals that I had and ended up being my best showdown night there. So yeah, kickers are fine. If you're entering a lot of lineups, kickers are fine. If you're entering one lineup, more times than not, I don't like kickers. I like Noah Fant uh, more than some of these kickers. We know Brandon McManus has a lot of range on him, so he has some upside there. I probably prefer right now McManus, but we'll see where I come in on my tiers come Thursday morning. Jeff Hurman, no real interest, only 11.8 routes run per week. On the field, 48.6% of the time, but not a lot of routes run. Fred Brown's played 15% of the snaps the last two weeks for the Chiefs at wide receiver or Denver at wide receiver. If Sanders was to miss, I imagine he becomes the main guy to take over, but nothing really there. So that's it. That's where I'm at. I have right now a player pool of 12 people, but that's if you're only building like one to five lineups. If you're building 20 to 25 to 50 to 100, obviously include some more of these KC running backs include a Deshaun Hamilton and definitely include the kickers without a doubt more defense if you want but that's where I'm at I'll be live at 6 30 p.m some things will change you can check me out 6 30 p.m Thursday night eastern time will we'll be for 45 minutes to an hour talking this slate um, you can also check out Patreon for my tiers they'll be up on Thursday all of my other content as well Thursday and Saturday at 11 a.m I'll be on Awesome channel and then every Monday from now on, I'll be on the Pat Mayo Experience. So if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Hit the subscribe button. I really appreciate it. If you can go over to the podcast, it'll be linked up down below and just hit a five-star review and a rate that really, really helps the podcast, makes me reach more people, uh, makes me get this information out to more people, helps the brand, all that stuff. So thank you. If you're listening on the audio podcast, I really appreciate it. If you've downloaded the episode, if you could hit the subscribe button for the podcast, quick little five-star review takes two seconds. If you think this is five-star review-based content, I would I would argue that it is. So hopefully it is for you, um, especially that it's free, right? Uh, but then also if you could hit the a writer review, a couple seconds, a couple words about what you think of the podcast, a couple of nice words, hopefully really helps me out as well. So thank you. Follow me on Twitter at DFS. My name's Sal. You already know that. Peace out gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.